you're listening to episode number 12 of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. Today's episode is a great one. It is a good one. I know that the title says this is for full-time stepmoms or stepmoms who have partners who may be co-parenting with an addict. However, our guest today shares some incredibly, incredibly valuable golden nuggets on what are the reasons that stepmoms feel the way that they do? What are the reasons that we fill up with resentment? Even if we can talk ourselves out of why we're feeling this way, why do we still feel it? What do we need to do for ourselves so that we can take care of ourselves, so that we can tell ourselves a different story, a powerful story, a story that's not about being a victim, that's not about being sad, that's not about gloom and doom and destruction. And how do we hold space for the feelings that create that while releasing them and moving through and creating the life that we want to create? So without further ado, Let's get into today's interview. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with me and our very special guest here today. I know that everything in the world is a little bit crazy right now and everyone's wondering what to do. So I appreciate that you are tuning in and giving a listen to something that will give you a little bit of strength and hope in these uncertain times. So thank you for being here. And today on the show, we have a fellow stepmom, Christina Johnson. Thank you so much for being here today, Christina. You're welcome. Excited to be here. Good. Um, And I'm very excited to have Christina on the show here today because she has experience to share about something that I personally have not been through, but I do get asked all the time about, and that is being a full-time stepmom. So Christina's been a stepmom for 16 years. But one of the many things that makes Christina extra special is that she's been a full-time stepmom for 11 of those years. So I can't wait to chat all about that and what that was like for you. Uh, But before we get started doing that, Christina, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Who are you? Who do you help? What do you do? What do you love? Who's Christina in a nutshell? Right. Um, I help women who have just experienced different things in the past that keep them stuck today, different um, experiences and trauma, maybe abuse that have created pain in in their lives and prevent them from moving forward and um, living their best life today. What is unique to what I do is a lot of these women don't recognize that, that they're living from that pain today. 
they think that it's been resolved, they've been to counseling, maybe they've been to therapy, and they think they're over it and they've moved past it, they've forgiven people for those experiences, but then they can't figure out why they run on disappointment and frustration, chaos and overwhelm. And they're just, they're looking for some relief from all of that. Mm. And through the work that I do with them, we're able to discover that really there's still some of that pain from the past that they haven't been able to let go of. We look at, you know, the causes and, and how we can move forward from, from all of that. Mm, amazing. Amazing. Would you say that your stepmom journey has set you up to be in this role? Oh, for sure. Uh, being a stepmom brought to light so much of, of what was going on really inside of me and how that was creating struggle in my relationships with my stepsons and my husband as we tried to deal with things and even his ex-wife for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's go way back to the beginning. Let's go back 16 years ago. Um, I always, I always reflect on the way that stepmoms believe that stepmoming is going to be when they fall in love with Prince Charming and he brings along a couple of kids and the way that it turns out for them. So I'm interested to hear what was your experience? What did you think life was going to be like when you fell in love with Prince Charming who had a couple of kids and what did life turn out to be for you as the stepmom? Oh, uh, there's, there's a lot, lot to that question for sure. I think for me, I thought we were going to be able to figure it out. We were going to be able to navigate through things in a, in a healthy way. And it was gonna, I didn't have rose colored glasses on. I don't think maybe I did. Maybe we all do, but we went to counseling before we ever got married so that we were, you know, prepared for the road ahead because everybody said, you know, it's difficult and there's challenges and you need to be ready for it. You really need to know what you're walking into. And so I, I think I've, I, I know that I thought because we went to counseling that I was more prepared than most women that walk into it. Um, and in the beginning, I would say it's, it was a little bit like I anticipated, but, um, oh, within the first year <laughs> I was floored at how much of the unexpected, um, I was looking at and, um, just, just the, the difficulties of, of navigating life with another, another woman that controls kind of the things that go on within your home. And that I wasn't expecting at all. And that, that was hard for me. Like, wait a second, how can another woman be dictating what happens in my home? And yet that's exactly what happens so much of the time. I just, I never in a million years thought that I would end up being the full-time step stepmom ever not at any point in our dating or our engagement or even in, you know, the first year or two, because she fought us so hard on any time that we did have, I never dreamed that I would be a full-time stepmom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just want to ask you specifically, what, what did you feel that she was dictating inside of your home? I think this is a common experience that a lot of stepmoms go through that they feel like, their life is being controlled by this other woman. So what, what types of examples or what specific instances can you recall that you felt like 
maybe there was a little too many people in who lived inside of your home, even if they weren't living there. Oh, let's see. Um, I remember when we were trying to work out weekends, they had it in the papers, but you know, he moved and then she moved. And so there was just some leeway there as far as the weekends. And I remember her saying, well, you just need to have your date nights every, because he, he said, no, that doesn't work for us. That's when we have date night or whatever. And she said, no, you need to have your date nights on this night. And, and that's when you need to make that happen. And my thought was, (laughs) wait a second, you're telling me when I'm going on my date night. I don't think so. That's, this isn't going to work for me, but just little things like that, that I felt like, you know, we're, we're being dictated to me. Sure. 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 Simple, but sure. 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 You don't, you don't grow up thinking, Oh, you know, I hope some other woman has some say in how I, when I go on date night with my husband or, you know, when we take his kid, you know, kids to wherever, I I hope that there's another opinion there. Sure. Sure. No woman ever. (laughs) No woman ever. Ever. No, no, no. Um, I think it's, I think it's important that as stepmoms, we allow ourselves to be frustrated and we allow ourselves to be annoyed and we allow ourselves to feel that feeling and not pretend it's okay and not stuff that emotion down. Um, we're entitled to our feelings. And I think that a lot of the time as stepmoms, we kind of learn this like coping mechanism of just keeping our mouths shut and and sidestepping the difficult conversations and slowly over time things our boundaries start eroding right from from doing that so when we allow ourselves to feel that and then move through that and voice that that gives us an opportunity for other people not to have a say in our lives however when you're a brand new stepmom that's easier said than done. Yeah. So I, I guess from that, I'm, I'm curious, how did you move from being fought, you know, for lack of a better term, tooth and nail over custody? What were this, what was the series of events to moving into becoming a full-time step on? You said you never expected it. So what happened? Well, she, in, um, in the beginning was in another relationship and had a child with, with that, that man. And so had settled down again. She'd kind of sown some wild oats and that's what caused the divorce between my husband and, and her. Um, then she met this guy, settled down, um, had a baby with him and really wanted to create that family unity with her boys and her her new daughter and her new husband. And so really fought us on the time that we, that we had the boys um, for a lot of reasons that that relationship with this, this new man didn't, didn't work. And so as it started to erode, she started to pull away from her responsibilities as a mom and um, just lots of things happened where um, she got to the point where she left this, the second husband 
and he called when we were on vacation and said, you need to come and pick up your boys. I haven't seen their mom in five days. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning of getting the full-time custody. Now that still didn't happen for about another year and a half because she did try to maintain some stability or some, you know, the ability to have them, but, but inevitably it just, her life continued to erode and, and that opened the door for us to be the full, you know, for me to be the full-time stepmom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so what was that like for you? Would you say that you had a say in becoming the full-time stepmom or was it, there was no choice? No, there, there, at the time there, I saw it as no choice. Right. Knowing all that I know now, being in the work that we're in, I know that I had a choice. Um, but back then I certainly did not realize I had a choice to even express Mm-hmm. that, hey, uh, this is more than I signed up for. I'm, I don't know if I can handle this. I'm not sure that I want to do this. I've got a two-week-old myself. I'm going from, you know, a full-time mom of one to a full-time mom of four. I, I, need, I need some space to figure this out. I mean, I, I just put on my big girl panties and said, okay, well, this is, this is what we do you know, mm-hmm. as women, as stepmoms, as, you know, whatever. And I didn't allow myself to feel some of the loss that, that came with taking on that responsibility. And I had to, I've had to really, that's some of the pain of the past that I work with in my, in what I do with women that we just, we do these things because it's the right thing to do. Yes. We don't allow ourselves to be human and experience again, some of that negative emotion and heartache that comes with some of these hard decisions, these hard choices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a really powerful statement, I think, uh, that you just brought up. Um, Would you mind, would you mind explaining a little bit more about what you mean by allowing yourself to feel that loss, grieve that loss? What loss specifically did you mean by that? The loss of time with just my husband and our two kids, that was a loss for me because going into it, like you asked in the beginning, how is it different going into it? I never thought that I wouldn't have that alone time with just my little family to create, you know, those relationships and those bonds and, and, um, I, it, it was, it was a loss for me that, that that would never be. And, um, pr- probably that was the main one. Sure. I and mean, I know that there were others not coming to mind, but, but I just know that I felt a loss at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And didn't allow yourself to feel that loss. Exactly. Right. I think, um, I know for a fact that this is a, a very common experience in, in the stepmom world is that we, f- we all feel that loss. We all have to grieve that loss that we weren't our partner's first wives, baby mamas, whatever you want to call them. We weren't our partner's first baby mamas, 
if we go on to have children, we, we didn't have these firsts with our partners. And so I think there's a lot of dismissing the feelings that come along with that. There are a lot, there's a lot of information and advice out there to, that says, oh, just get over it. Or, oh, of course you're still special, right? Like stop being that way. He chose you now. So this is yes. fine. Yes. And I think that by doing that and dismissing this and not allowing ourselves to process this grief, well, you would probably know better than I, what ends up happening when we don't allow ourselves to process that grief? How are some ways that this can manifest in our lives? Well, I know for me, it built up a lot of resentment. And my husband and I have had that conversation so many times, especially um, just over the last couple of years. And as I've been more involved in this work, I've often said to him, I wonder if I had had the opportunity to process all, all of those losses. And again, there were layered losses because just like you said, I experienced that loss when I had that realization, oh, this isn't his first experience with a wife having a baby. You know, you've, you've got layers of loss along the way, little milestones and little just markers along the way that create these layers of loss. And if you don't grieve them and you don't allow yourself to, to mourn some of those, you create layers of negative emotion. You create the layers of resentment and the layers of frustration and the layer of even being a victim and feeling like this isn't fair. I created so much of that within me and I tried to hide it under the smile of, this is what we do. This is what I signed up for. Right. I'm a strong woman. I can handle this. All those things that you hear from people. Oh, right. Only the special ones can be stepmoms. And yes. so you just paint this smile on your face because that's who you are. But inside your heart is broken for things that will never be for losses and for feeling like you don't have a say, you don't have a choice that you've just been thrown in this situation and you have no, no say in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You became a full-time stepmom. You were experiencing these, this grief. Then what? And saying, like, this is what we do. I signed up for this. I'm going to put on my big girl panties. I'm going to do this. What was it like for you after you became a full-time stepmom? How did, you, how did you and your husband have this conversation with your stepsons about when, when they were going to see their mom? Did she completely give up custody? Did they see her in and out of there? How was that dynamic from the time that you became a full-time stepmom moving forward? It was a little bit uh, tricky. It wasn't cut and dry because in the beginning, she was wanting to be a part of their life. She said, you know, I just simply, this marriage didn't work out. I want to um, still see the boys every weekend, but I, you know, I clearly can't have them you know, during the week because, um, just her living situation, she wasn't working. She just, there were a, a lot of things without, without wanting to criticize her, um, just that were not right in her life Her refusal to get a job and, and just, a, just a lot of things that created just 
some really complicated situations because she still wanted to see the boys and wanted to have them, but she didn't have a place of her own. She was unfortunately living with different guys. She tried to move in with her parents, but when her dad you know, told her she needed to go to school, she moved out in the middle of the night. You know, he said, you've got to find something to create a trade or create something so you can get a job. And she didn't want to be told what to do. So she left there. And so there were just so many little things that again, it wasn't cut and dry. And so in the beginning, she was um, consistent, I guess, on her weekends. And then slowly as she started to get involved in um, prescription drugs and alcohol, um, those visits became less and less. She would promise that she'd be there to pick up the boys and, you know, two hours of them sitting on the sidewalk waiting for their mom. And she, we had to come out and say, she's just not coming because she had called, you know, my husband saying, I'm, I'm too drunk to come get him. And so we had to deal with all of that. And then, um, she did sign the papers over without a fight for us to have the full-time custody. But then after said that, you know, my husband tricked her and so then played that against us. So it, it was really pretty complicated for the first couple, couple of years. And then slowly over time, I mean, when I say we were full-time, they saw her maybe three, four times a year. Okay. 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 So, um, and I, I know that some, I know that some of my audience does have a partner who co-parents with someone who may be suffering from either drug and alcohol abuse or drug and alcohol addiction. And my interpretation is what I know based on being the daughter of a drug addict and what I've read in textbooks. I've never been the stepmom whose partner is co-parenting with an addict. So what would your like number one piece of advice be for the stepmoms who are or may be co-parenting in a situation or have partners who are co-parenting in a situation with someone who is abusing drugs and alcohol or potentially addicted? What's your biggest piece of advice? There's so many things. One, to have grace with myself and with, with all of the unknowns and the inconsistency of a schedule of um, parenting with, with somebody who, when you can't love yourself and you can't, um, it's hard to offer that to your kids. And, and that's where she was. So rather than parenting from a place of love, she parented from a place of guilt, which I think is where the Disneyland mom, the Disneyland dad comes in and, and remembering that, that that's, that that's what we're up against is the guilt that she's parenting from. Um, and then remembering that no matter what, at the end of the day, I'm the only example of a mother that they have, whether they like it or not, I, I'm all they've got. And our kids tend to grow up and marry a lot of times that, that, that model that they saw in their mom or dad. And I know that I um, fought severe anxiety for a time in my life and as did she, and which was a cause of some of her over medicate over medic 
education on, on certain things. And I remember fighting through some of my anxiety with that very thought of Christina, they have got to know that there are women that can, and moms that can fight through hard things, get up, get mm-hmm. out of bed and fight because they have got to know that, that, that that's an option that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think just remembering that as hard as it is, sometimes we're the only example that they have and we want them to grow up and, and marry, you know, as stable as possible. I mean, we all know no matter what marriage is difficult just because we're all imperfect humans, but we want them to grow up with the best chance of a thriving relationship. And they need an example of, of that from, from us as mothers, whether they want to admit it or not. And, and they never will. They still need that example. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing I ask most of my stepmom guests um, or a conversation that I have with many stepmoms is that along this journey, there comes a time that I call the TSN turning point, right? When things become too much, when you're in bed, when your anxiety is so bad, when you're like, I have to give them this role. I have to be this role model for them, but I can barely get out of bed, but I have to be this role model. And so there becomes, there comes for most of us, for most of us, there comes this time where we're like, I have two options right now. I can leave my partner. Or I can figure this shit out. Right. This TSN turning point. Did this happen for you where you got to this point where you're like, this is way too effing much for me. I can't do this. I can't survive this. Like I need out of this or I need to figure something out. Like, did you have this moment where did you come to this crossroads? Um, I think I've, Unfortunately, or, you know, however you want to look at it, I think because, um, again, I had a lot of resentment and drama and other things in my own life, my own brokenness. I think that I threw that out quite a bit. So there was never like a, a place where it was fish or cut bait, like a, a line in the sand. Unfortunately, I threw that out several, like several times along the way throughout this journey. Like, look, pal, (laughs) this isn't what I signed up for. I'm not doing this. It's not fair. You know, I threw out that victim. It's not fair quite a bit. Um, and I think I just got to a point after, you know, having three kids with him that I was like, Christina, you're never going to leave. I mean, seriously, you know, let it go, get your crap together. You're not going anywhere. And I knew that I wasn't. And so I knew that at that point I had to make peace with the way that my life was, that I wasn't going anywhere. I loved this man. I loved my children with him. I loved what I was learning through my experiences with my boys, really in those quiet moments, I knew that they were teaching me everything that I needed to know to be the best person that I could be. That was only in the quiet moments though, because most of the time I thought it was a load, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I just knew that I got, I got to that point where I knew I had to make my peace with my life the way that it was because I wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And what did that process look like for you? How did you begin to make peace? Like I couldn't imagine you have six kids in your house 
yeah. and <laughs> six six <laughs> kids and and a maybe in and out mom for your stepson sometime, never really knowing what that's like, kind of that instability of like, is she gonna show up today? Right? Never knowing what that's gonna be like. What what did that begin to look like for you to make peace of no matter what is going on, no matter what the chaos, no matter what is happening, no matter how many kids are screaming, no matter how, what fight I'm having, I need to learn to be at peace with where I am here today now in this moment. What did that journey look like for you? It started just with me being tired of the way that my life was, being tired of my own story, being tired of the drama I was creating. I couldn't stand to hear my story anymore. The poor me, the, you know, because not only dealing with that, there were other things in our lives that we were dealing with some financial ruin and bankruptcy. And, and so all I ever talked about was how hard my life was. And I just remember you know, I did lash extensions for eight years. So you can imagine the stories day in and day out that I would hear. It was, you know, 40 hours a week of their stories and my story. And I remember just one day when I was talking with one of my clients in my mind, I'm like, I can't stand this to hear myself talk anymore. I'm so done with how hard it is and how, you know, poor me. And I, I just, that at that moment, that day, I'm like, I'm done enough. I've got to figure out how to stop playing the victim and how to make the best life for myself because I don't want to listen to myself talk anymore about this story. And because I know I'm not going anywhere, it's, it's time. And so I started to, to, you know, look into books and, um, podcasts and different resources. Um, I was done with counseling. We had been on and off to counseling, taking the boys there for, you know, years and years. And I needed somebody that basically wasn't going to validate me anymore or empathize with me. I'd had that enough. I needed somebody that was going to say, look, Christina, <laughs> enough is enough. You can play the victim for the rest of your life, or you can get your crap together and figure out how you really want to live your life, how, how you're going to figure out how to enjoy your life instead of living in misery. Absolutely. 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 And that's such a powerful place then to work from uh, when life is no longer happening to you and you no longer have to repeat that story about what the kid's mom did or what the kids did or what your husband did or what your bank account was doing, right? Like yes. <clears throat> nobody, nobody likes to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it and nobody wants to be the person saying it. And I recognize that until you kind of take this leap into personal development, you feel like this is just the way life is. Life just happens to me. And what is happening right now with this virus in this world is it is putting a spotlight on all of the places that people think life is happening to them. Stepmoms often think life is happening to them. People think life is happening to them, but we always have a choice to step out of the victim mm -hmm. and take the power back. No matter what shit is hitting the fan, yeah. we always have that choice. So, and, and something too, I'm sure that you can confirm is that it's all, it's still a process, right? Like I still sometimes get into my victim. I still sometimes get into my victim or want to throw myself a pity party or want to be petty. Right. But the oh, difference is 
once you practice, once you flex this muscle, once you exercise this muscle, the amount of time and the amount of energy that you spend in that place, feeling like you're the center of the universe and you're the only person bad things are happening to, that time becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. You can catch yourself sooner. You don't burn down relationships. And so, um, would you, so you said you did lash extensions for eight years. And then would you say that the journey that you began taking to move out of this victim place and into where you are now, did that lead you into how you became a coach? Yes. Yes. Okay. What was, what was that journey like for you? Um, just realizing that I, I had been making a lot of changes. I had been able to, um, you know, I hate that phrase, take my power back for whatever reason, but I was able to take my power back and not be acted upon. And as I started seeing this happen for me in my life, I just, and, and that it was possible that there were, that if I could overcome some of these things, and again, not just even the difficulties that come with being a stepmom, but just a lot of other things that, that we were dealing with, that if, if it was possible for me, then it could be possible for anybody. And I, and I wanted that opportunity mm-hmm. to show other women, Hey, anything is possible. If, if I can get to this place from where I've been, anybody can. And it started with me making peace in my own life with who I am. Mm-hmm. And from that, it's been able to flood out into my relationship with my husband and my stepsons and my own children and my life in general. But until I could make peace with myself, I realized nothing was going to change. I lived in turmoil. I lived a life in turmoil within. And you can never have the life that you want, the relationships you want when inside you're in total turmoil. And so once I started to create that peace for myself and saw the things that were changing in my relationships and in my life, I knew that this was the work that I wanted to do to show women, Hey, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I want to, I want to speak specifically about the part that you had brought up about how you help women who live lives of chaos right? In chaos. And like, is, does that include being very, very busy, overscheduling, caretaking, et cetera? What do you mean by women who live their lives in chaos? I think, I think it's all of it. It's, it's women that are so busy that they don't have time to sit with the thoughts that are running through their mind. They don't have time to sit and face themselves in the mirror. I know that I kept myself so busy so that I could avoid everything that I didn't like about my life that I didn't like about myself. And it was overscheduling my kids because, and and making sure that they were in their activities and doing their thing, because if, if they were thriving and successful, then somehow that was a reflection on me. And that, that allowed me to feel like super mom. And yet it created so much chaos for them and for me and for our family. And, um, just chaos and trying to maintain a perfect home because heaven forbid the ex-wife come over. I remember that in the beginning, I, I made sure everything was spotless 
because I didn't want her to judge me for an unkept home or whatever her judgment could have been. And it was exhausting to live that way day in and day out. And it was miserable, but it was again, chaos that I created for my kids through their schedules, through my own schedule, chaos that I created through trying to maintain this perfect clean home. I mean, that in and of itself created so much chaos and, and then the chaos of my own mind of being judgmental and, and critical of myself and of others and just a life of chaos Mm -hmm. through and through inside and outside. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that seems to be the norm, right? I, uh, one of the things I think is that being busy is the new designer drug. It's a socially acceptable way to escape who you are and to get away from what goes on inside of here. The more I schedule, the less time I have to think. Yeah. Well, and we think that we're going to get some badge of honor at the end. And that's what I tell my clients. (laughs) Newsflash, nobody's handing out gold stars for how busy you are. You're not getting a medal. There is no productivity badge. And so you can run yourself into the ground all you want and you're still not going to get some award at the end. You know, it's got to come from, from within because nobody's handing out a gold star. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you could go back 16 years and give yourself a piece of advice, 16 year ago, Christina, what would you tell yourself? Allow yourself to be a human, allow yourself to feel the emotion, allow yourself to feel the loss, allow yourself to not want to do it. It is okay to say, this is crap. I don't want to do this. This is hard. That doesn't mean that that that's the action we take. And I think that's what we forget that just because we express that, Hey, I don't want to do this. I didn't sign up for it. I have no interest in it. No, that that doesn't mean that's that's the action that's going to take place. But allowing your, yourself to feel all that comes with being a stepmom, I, I know that I would not have created so much of that negative emotion in my life that then flowed out into the relationship with those boys had I allowed myself the grace of being a human with human emotions that come because we're imperfect, they're imperfect, and we're all having this human experience here. Oh my gosh, if I had just allowed myself to feel all the feels instead of trying to play superwoman, instead of trying to make sure that I met everybody's expectation for me as a stepmom, oh, if anybody can do it, it's you, Christina. If, if I heard that once, I heard it a million times. And so I felt like I had to live up to that. And it created misery instead of just saying, Hey, you know what? Yeah, maybe I can, but I don't want to, I don't want to at all. Mm-hmm. And telling my husband, Hey, I need a couple days. Like I'm going to a hotel. I need some time to process all of this. So peace out. Good luck with our kids and yours because I, I've got, I've got, I need time. If I had just allowed that along the way, I think, I think there, you know, we may have avoided a lot of struggle. Sure. And what a beautiful piece of advice to allow ourselves to be a human. Yeah. Allow yourself to be a human. Um, and by feeling all of the feels, well, I guess one of the last things I want to say is that 
I think a lot of people don't recognize that you're allowed to grieve the fact, grieve these experiences, grieve this, grieve that, be sad, and also be grateful and also be in joy at the same time, right? When you had said, our feelings, our emotions, they're layered. You're allowed to be pissed off and love your husband at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to be sad and grateful at the same time. You're allowed to hold space for both of those sets of emotions. Yeah. <clears throat> and as a society that's for as uncomfortable as we are with the negative feelings, we spend a lot of time in the negative spaces. So holding space for both of those, allowing ourselves to be in that human aspect of ourselves, realizing how complex we are, realizing that we're imperfect and that's fucking okay. Mm-hmm. That is okay. Yeah. Is there anything else, Christina, that you would like to share with our audience here today? Just like I said, allow, allow yourself um, that opportunity to grieve and allow yourself to, um, to have, to have needs to, to say, I need a break because one thing that I've always said is a lot of times as stepmoms, we, we suffer in silence. And when I just remember going through a particularly hard time when, you know, in the beginning that I had a friend that was going through um, cancer. Now, please don't misunderstand. I wouldn't want to go through that. I really wouldn't. And I can't imagine what that's like, but what I saw was people were picking up her kids, people were bringing her meals, people were picking up her laundry, people were there, people, you know, and she had so much support. And I remember, you know, crying because my burden felt so heavy and I felt so alone because you don't go out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm broken, I'm breaking here, I can't do this. I'm beating myself up for everything that I can't offer these kids. I'm, I'm beating myself up for, for every little thing. And, and I, I, I just suffered in silence instead of saying, Hey, I need someone to help me too. No, I'm not experiencing what that person is. And again, I can't pretend to understand what that's like. I just remember watching all of that love and support and help and me thinking I'm drowning alone because I don't broadcast how hard this is and how much I want to give up and how much I want to throw in the towel, how much I want to scream and how much I beat myself up every day. We don't broadcast that. And so nobody knows. And we sit alone unless we talk with our mom or a dear friend, we suffer alone instead of saying, Hey, I need some help too. Like I need to drop my kids off because I I can't do this right now. Emotionally, I'm a wreck and I need some help. Mm -hmm. So when you need that, there's no shame. There is no shame in being a human. Allow yourself that grace. Ask for help. Hey, I, I need a day. I, I can't do this. I need someone. I need you to make dinner tonight, honey. I'm out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, get that, that help, that support that you need so that you're not always suffering in silence or, or trying to put your big girl panties on and that super mom badge that you're saying, no, that's none of that works for me today. I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I need statements can be the hardest things to say and the most amazing returns once you say them. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. 
if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, follow you on social media, where is the best place to find you? Where do you hang out the most? I'm on Instagram the most. That's Christina Johnson Coaching. And I have a website, christinajohnson.com. That's with a K, Christina with a K and Johnson O-N. Okay. I will make sure to post those links in the show notes. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We will see you next week. Same place, same time. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the Step Queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better. And Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.